Hi, I'm Beck Rayner and this is the Military Wife Life Podcast, a podcast that celebrates, empowers, supports and embraces the women behind the military men by building connections, acknowledging our strength, focusing on self-care and our mental health. Let's do this together. Well, welcome, Sal, to the Military Wife Life Podcast. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Can you tell us um, how long you've been together, how you met? Four and a half years, going on 15 in January. We were 18 when we met through friends. We both went to like a school in Canberra. At what stage of you guys being together did he decide to look into joining um, Defence? So we bought our first house when we were 20 and probably not long after that he put an application and we didn't hear anything for it felt like months and then all of a sudden he went in and it just went he did his fitness test did his psych test he did all the stuff that he had to do he was starting his entry three weeks later two weeks later so when he was thinking and then i guess applying to join the navy was there a conversation between you guys what that would mean for you guys as a couple like were you for the decision what was your thinking we talked about it and I highly encouraged him to go and do something with his life because he didn't have any career aspirations, I guess. I think he sort of did it just to get me off his back. And then it all just kind of happened and we had no idea what it was going to be like. Initially, I was just going to go with him. I was in a job at the time that I could work from home. It was an all an online-based company. And then just as he finished his initial training, he went to Sydney from Cerberus and I walked out of the job, decided I didn't want to do that anymore and then applied to uni to study my Bachelor of Nursing. How were you thinking a nursing career would go with Defence Life? Were you thinking that would be something that you could travel with or were you thinking of staying in one location? What was your plan at that stage? I knew that I could travel with nursing. It wouldn't have mattered. And I applied to uni and I got in. And so we were at that stage, we were planning our wedding, renovating a bathroom. I got accepted into uni to start the following February, which was a week and a half after we got married. Yeah, it was just, it all just happened and I thought oh, at the end of the first year I'd transfer up to Sydney when he'd got his posting, his first posting I guess it was. But unfortunately they wouldn't accept most of my credits from Uni of Canberra so I just decided to stay in Canberra to finish my degree. He was based here when I finished up so my final year and I got my post I got my graduate position in a hospital in Canberra and I've just been there ever since. I guess originally you had planned to sort of follow him but it just worked out that you couldn't transfer uni and then you got a job out of uni. Was there any thought of okay well in three or four years I'll follow him or were you sort of thinking okay well he'll be back to Canberra at some point that was initially the the go like when we had kids I was going to go with him then he got a he was posted to Sydney and I do not like Sydney I know people love Sydney but I'm I do not like the traffic I do not like sitting in traffic all day (laughs) to get to and from wherever I want to go the local shops and all of our support network is in Canberra so my parents live a suburb away my mum is retired and she retired to be a full-time grandmother. So Jackpot. I guess, yeah, so we've, we've also got to live in nanny. So my mum does childcare one day a week at the moment for the two boys. Every Sunday night they go there and have a sleepover. And then 
Monday night when it's during school term, the big one has a second night of sleepover because he has school two days a week. And my mum just takes him to school and picks him up. And then on the Tuesday, she drops him off to the nanny and it's done. Which sounds awesome. And obviously it's working for you guys, but I guess the reality of keeping that support network and you being able to keep consistent with the job that you love has meant that you've had to be MWDU for how many years? think we're going into our ninth year. So that situation and that setup is working for you guys, but how does your your husband cope being away from the family unit and missing out on even when the kids were little and all of that? So when the kids were little and I was on maternity leave, when the big one was little anyway, he's four, I used to go to Sydney on the Friday so when he finished work he would be there at the apartment and then I wouldn't leave until Monday mid-morning after he'd gone to work. So he got to have the whole weekend with us and then he got posted to Nara so I did the same thing down to Nara and back. And then when I went back to work, I always had either Mondays or Fridays off so it just changed week to week. So I would do the same thing. He would come home when he could and then when we had our second child... He deployed when he was six months old. So that was a little bit harder because it was just me by myself with the kids. And halfway through that deployment, my parents went away for three months on an extended overseas holiday. But we've just we've just made it work. Um, I guess we're lucky that we've got technology and FaceTime and Messenger and emails. And I guess we make the best of a possibly could be a bad situation. And so does it ever get a bit much at times thinking, when are we ever going to be together in the one house? Or are there plans for future postings for him to come back to Canberra? Or So we're not sure when he'll be back to Canberra. He's just, his ships has decommissioned and then he's posting back into Sydney. I pretty much just said to him, he can stay away from Canberra until the kids hit high school. When the, but yeah, so it's just, I guess for us, it's just, we know like it's a hard slog now, but it will pay off in the long run. And our kids don't know anything any different. They just know that daddy's here on the weekend. Sometimes we get to talk to daddy at night, sometimes we don't. And yeah, that's just sort of the way it's always been. When he comes home for extended periods of time, so over wrap. I try to escape because it's very difficult to go back to, I guess, where two single people then trying to live together again. And our kids know and they will try to play us off each other, but they know that mum makes the rules and they do try to play us off each other. So we've just got to be very aware of that happening. I guess in a sense it's it's probably better that they don't know any different. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's like our eldest, he goes, you know, our bedroom in Canberra is mummy's bedroom. And the bedroom up in uh, the Sydney flat is Daddy's bedroom. He knows that Daddy sometimes comes and sleeps in Mummy's bed with her and Mummy sometimes goes and sleeps in Daddy's bed with him. But that's the way it is. It's like he knows that it's our house in Canberra, but it's he's like it's Mummy's house and Daddy's house. And so how do you guys go when your husband comes back on the weekends with co-parenting and things? Because I know I find it hard. I try to go off and do stuff for myself and let him sort of do what he has to do with the kids but I also try to keep him updated whether things are working or whether things are not working through like you know subtle text messages or sometimes I just need to step in and say okay you need to go into your room you need to go into your room you guys need to cool down we're all pretty hot-headed in our house yeah it's just like I there's a point where I have to where I do find myself stepping in saying okay enough's enough and it's usually to do with treats my husband likes to treat the boys to 
too much sugar and takeaway and all the stuff that I don't really like them having because yeah. then it, their behaviour changes. I guess when he's so. home on weekends, does he find he wants to spoil them because he misses out during the week, I guess? Yes, absolutely, he, yes. So how do you find it being, I guess, and this is coming from my experience as well, always being the one that's in the routine and the giving the discipline because you know keeping things consistent works. How do you go being that person and dad gets to be the person that comes home and is the fun one? I make a point usually after my husband leaves on a Sunday afternoon to go out and be just fun mum with the kids because I don't really see the kids from Monday through Thursday. I start work at 7 o'clock in the morning and don't finish till 7 o'clock at night or I leave the house at 7 o'clock in the morning and don't get in till 7 o'clock at night. So I guess I don't see them in daylight hours during the week except on Fridays. So I always try to make an effort to go out and have fun with them so they've always got that thing of, oh, that's right, mummy and daddy both had lots of fun with us. I take them for playground hunts and bike rides and play with them outside, roll around with them on the grass. Yeah, I always feel like, oh, my kids are going to remember me as the angry one. (laughs) Because you're also solo, you're tired usually and you have a limit, don't want to get pushed past because you still have to be with them for the rest of the week until your husband gets home on the weekend. But you also just want to be the fun one sometimes or loving mum sort of thing. But it's very hard to juggle all the roles. Sometimes I find myself having to ask the nanny to step out and just sort of take the kids for 10 minutes because I've had enough and even though she's not on duty I would say we find that it's when it's coming to the third or fourth week that he hasn't been home for the weekend so how does the nanny work because I guess that is ultimately like a live-in nanny is a really good option for defense families from the start had you always planned to have a live-in nanny how did you come to the decision to look for one and child care in Canberra is ridiculously priced and it doesn't run to a nurse's schedule so I couldn't work full time. I couldn't do, I do on-call because I'm an operating theatre nurse. We knew that we were going to have to get someone to live in, even just the days to cover the care of the kids, the days that I worked. So we went through an au pair website. So we decided to do that when I went back to work after our second child was born. We'd looked into long day cares. Like I could still start work at the same time, but I'd have to finish earlier. I would then have to work five days a week which I cherish my one my, my long weekend because I find I get so much more done because I've got a business day off, I guess it is. And so, yeah, we've, we're getting to the 10th month now of that and we've decided that we, we probably can't go back from it because it's just worked so well this year. I do massive amounts of overtime. I do two overnight on-calls a week, so that's helpful. And I guess, yeah, you've got to look at the cost factor of having an extra adult in your house and all that. I guess we're lucky that we own our home. So it's not like we've had to try to squeeze kids into the same bedrooms. We already had the room. Have you heard about our Lots of Love care packages? An anonymous and free box of self-care goodies that can totally make a military spouse's day. It's a way for friends and family to send an acknowledgement in the mail to a military spouse to let them know they're awesome and the Military Wife Life community has their back. Pop over to the Military Wife Life website after you finish listening to this episode, of course, and sign someone up for the Lots of Love box. You mentioned that you pull pretty big hours at work. Do you ever get any sort of mum guilt because your husband's away and then you're pulling big hours at work? Obviously, you're getting great job satisfaction and you love your job, but then you've got competing responsibilities, I guess. I remind my children, my eldest particularly, that I go to work so he can have 
holidays and he gets to wear clothes and he can have heating in the house and eat food because he tries to guilt me into not going to work. And it's usually when he's had a run-in with the nanny the day beforehand. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess I try to look at it the better ways. I work my backside off when they're younger. When they're a little bit older, I could potentially change my hours and I'll be able to go to things that they've got at school and do stuff like that. How do you then also juggle having time for yourself and looking after yourself in all of that? So I'm part of a mum's exercise group and I facilitate a boxing session once a week and I also go to other people's events that they facilitate. So I find that when I'm getting a little bit frustrated to just punch it out with somebody is pretty good and I do a weight session with some girlfriends on one of my days off which the boys come to which makes it good and their little friends are there too so they can all play out in the backyard or whatever together and yeah I just I try to keep myself I guess fit and healthy so I don't get sick I'm in the right headspace to be able to be there for my kids when I need to be so I find that the drive to and from work is a really good chill I can just turn the music up as loud as I like I'm not driving in peak hour so that's 20 minutes to myself because as well your role at work is a caring role so I guess you could get to the point of burnout you're the one that juggles everything at home as well as being an empath at work and and caring and I guess probably coming across situations that are sometimes traumatic and really draining at work you really need to put that extra time into looking after yourself as well so you can keep doing what you're doing at work and keep looking after the kids when your husband's away as well, when you're not getting that respite when he comes home on weekends and I guess keep everything going. Yeah, and I think I think the drive to and from work by just letting myself chill allows me to, I guess, clear my head to come home and go straight back into mum mode. Have you ever had anyone question, I guess, the longer hours that you put in at work or taking time to yourself? Because I know that I've had comments from other people that have said at first, before they were looking after their self-care, worried what people would think about them going to the gym and using the creche at the gym, which is crazy to me because I'm all for taking time out for yourself in order to be able to cope with everything in life, I guess. But have you ever had anyone say anything to you about all that you juggle? And I've had work colleagues turn around and say, oh, you can stay back because you don't have to pick the kids up from childcare. And that annoys me because I do obviously have a social life outside of work and that does involve my exercise, which my children come to. And I've been told, funnily enough, by other defence wives and spouses that I'm selfish that I haven't moved with my husband, that it's not allowing him to see his children. And I just point out to them that, you know, my, my husband's career isn't our life. We both have a career that we both want to progress in and this is the way we go about it. And look, sometimes my exercise and my chill out doesn't happen because of what we have chosen to do. But I know that Sunday through Thursday night, my husband trains every single night and he knows that when he comes home on the weekends, that's then it's my turn if I haven't had time to do it through the week. And then I guess if you, when you get comments like that, you know that it's working for your family. And the alternative would be you being in Sydney without your support network. And then when your husband goes away, ultimately your kids would be suffering because without your job and that fulfillment in your life and your support network, you may not essentially cope with everything that comes with defence life. Yeah, no. So I, I look at it if I didn't have my family a suburb away, a street away, 
and we were in Sydney or wherever he happened to be posted to, we could potentially use a different type of childcare makeup. But then would my kids always be sick? I would then always be having to leave work. There's no career progression because you're never there. They don't want to they don't want to promote you because you're constantly going off sick. You're having to leave in the middle of the day to get your children up because they're unwell. Whereas if my child is sick at school, my mum goes and picks him up and takes him home and cares for him until I finish work. I guess if I was elsewhere I wouldn't have that. I guess in saying everything is working at the moment and this is just what works for your family, what do you think it will be like if your husband moves back? I think we'll have to buy a bigger house purely because he has a whole wardrobe in Sydney that is fairly full. He has a whole wardrobe in Canberra that is fairly full and I don't know how the two are going to merge and I'm not getting rid of any of my stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, Plus you'll need space between you at home. The running joke is we actually have quite a decent-sized block and the, the joke is that he can move back home and take over the house and I'll move into a tiny house. I'll just build a tiny house and live in the tiny house. I'm a minimalist. My husband's a maximalist. So our house in Canberra is, some people would call it quite bare, where you go to his house, uh, the apartment in Sydney and it's cosy. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing because you're not there permanently getting rid of stuff. <laughs> Correct, yeah, yeah. Nothing comes into my house unless something else has gone out. Is it on the cards that he will move back at any time soon or you you just, when it happens, it happens? And when it happens, it happens. And we don't get our hopes up. The posting from Sydney to Nara was supposed to be Sydney to Canberra just after our eldest was born. And the poster said to my husband, oh, Nara's not that far away. You go (laughs) home for dinner. And we're like, "Uh, it's two hours on a 130-kilometre stretch of no phone reception. They obviously didn't um, Google it. So, yeah, that, that was the best comment I think we've ever had, like, out of the whole time. It's, oh, it's not that far. You could go home for dinner or meet halfway for dinner. It's like halfway there's nothing there for dinner. Yeah, that, that his narrow posting was supposed to be home, but that didn't happen. And at the moment, I guess, putting him on a seagoing vessel is, I guess, there's, there's a financial reward for that. So I guess we just have to look at the pluses and minuses and the kids don't know any different at this point. They're not yeah. saying we want daddy back home. So whilst Mm. they're not saying that, I guess we can just try to get him to do as many deployments and seagoing postings as possible till they realise that they do want daddy home. Yeah. That mummy doesn't know how to play rugby so that daddy has to be here to teach them. And have you and your husband had that conversation about when it's not working, this is what is going to have to happen or like at least have that backup knowing that if it wasn't working any longer that he would be on board to make changes? Yeah, so we would obviously push to get a posting back to Canberra. But as everybody knows, Defence run their own little organisation and it's what they say goes. Have you at any point gotten to the stage where you have a negative outlook on Defence and the Navy or have you always had that bigger picture and the, I guess, your life goals in, in mind? There's days that I just want him home or I want him home for longer. But I also look, I think I, in the back of my mind, I also think of the bigger picture. It's like I'm just having a crappy day right now. I guess the long-term goal for us is to be able to send our children to the school that we want to send them to and to, I guess, live a life that we've become accustomed to. Yeah, he, he could come back, he could get out. He's got no civilian qualification. So if he got out, he wouldn't be earning the same amount of money and so what have you learnt along the way of being a defence spouse and, I guess, MWDU and 
all the ups and downs of living as a spouse. Can't prepare for anything. Hope for the best, but you just, I guess you just got to learn to wing it. When they say they're coming home, pencil it into the diary because it's bound to change six, seven, eight, nine times. And more often than not, they turn up early, except when you're trying to book flights and things like that. Or going to have a baby or something like that. Yeah, because then they send them home four weeks before the baby's due. Look, it's it's not a lifestyle choice for everybody and there's a lot of things that you miss out on because of it, but there's also a lot of pluses. Like I have a brilliant family and friend network who support me and a lot of like non-defence friends who I could ring and they would drop everything to come and help me out if I needed it. Obviously defence and ex-defence, again, I ring them they'd drop everything and come and rescue me so I guess you've got to have pretty tough skin and you've got to be happy with your own company so when we first did it we didn't have kids I had a house we had a housemate and then at one point we obviously decided we were too old to have housemate and our housemate moved out and I just my husband would come home and I wouldn't even know I wouldn't even necessarily fit him into my weekend because I was so busy best thing about not having him here is that I get to choose what I have for dinner every night The worst thing about not having him here is that I have to choose what we're having for dinner every night. Exactly. (laughs) So um, when he came home last time, it took me nearly six months to get used to having him under the same roof as me all the time. And I think when they're they're at sea for weeks on end, I think he actually misses us more than we miss him, which sounds terrible, but we're busy, we're off, we're doing stuff. He's, you know, listening to the same whales and dolphins day in, day out. And waiting until he can come so, home and see you. Or waiting until there's, you know, enough communication that we can pick up and we can FaceTime or Messenger video or whatever. And what can you say about putting your mental health first? Because sometimes it takes a while for us to come around to the fact that putting that first and nurturing that and really putting the work into that actually has a flow and effect to other areas of your life. Self-care should be a, a date or an appointment in your diary. And it shouldn't be penciled in, it should be pending because then it can't be changed. And so. self-care as in it doesn't always have to mean, you know, face masks and a bubble bath. Like that's not always self-care. To, you know, go and treat yourself to a meal out or... Take away some responsibilities, um, like whatever it is to yeah. make it okay for you to, I guess, thrive instead of just survive. I haven't brushed my hair for about 10 weeks, so... <laughs> That's that's not my self-care. I'm just doing the dreadlocks at the moment. So. Yeah, but you've been to the gym, so, you know. But, yeah, I go works. to the gym. So that's that's the main thing. Can't do everything. No, no, no. Oh, well, thank you so much for talking to us today. No, thank you. I so hope you were able to relate or take something away from today's episode. There are definite ups and downs to military life, but let's get the conversation happening so we can see that we are all in this together. We are all just doing our best. So until next week, you got this. Let's do this together one day at a time. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this episode has touched you, helped you, or given you that extra confidence to keep going, to continue to hold down the home front, to continue to do all the things, I would so appreciate it if you could pop into Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review, a comment about what you would like to hear more of, or just some encouraging words. If you want to suggest a guest, I am always looking for new people to talk to. You can do that by jumping over to the website www.militarywifelife.com.au and clicking on our podcast page. I would love to hear from you. 